Hello, nerds. We're brought to you by Proper Cloth. Proper Cloth is a premium quality, perfect fitting shirt that you can buy over at propercloth.com. Now, here's the thing. When we're getting emails from you guys, a lot of common questions are, how should I dress for my date? How can I look really good and really proper for my date in a way that will impress her? Here's the thing. There's really no right or wrong answer, but if you're wanting to leave a really great impression, Proper Cloth is going to help you with that. Now, six months back, they asked me to try out one of their shirts and they said, our shirts will last a while. Yes, they do cost a little bit more than your standard shirts, but they will last you a lot longer and that dollar will go a lot farther than it would with a bunch of these other shirts, which will rip, which will tear, which will look worn down and ratty after a few washes. Not with proper cloth. Not only is it custom fitted to fit your body in a way that's going to make you look great because that's the thing fitting clothes really does matter you don't want a shirt that looks too big on you or a shirt that looks too small on you and with proper cloth they make sure that the shirt looks perfectly fit on you so it is properly conforming to your size and shape which is great that's what you need now here's the thing these shirts do cost a little bit more and the quality is in the pricing of course but we're here to help if you use gift code nerds and love at checkout you will get twenty dollars off your first custom shirt now again these shirts do last a lot while but we're going to give you a little bit of a discount here so that you can get the shirt that you need and get into a shirt that's going to get you more dates and hopefully more success in your dating life so check out propercloth.com see what kind of shirts they have and hopefully you can find one that will get you farther in your dating life with that said let's get on with the show thanks for your time She won't get married because she's never been in love. Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong, you're cute too, but Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body, and I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan. And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth out. I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big. I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so I do it. What do you mean love? You mean a big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies. Wait, wait, wait. Don't leave. Don't leave, please. I could use your help. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. Have you been single for far too long? Are you out of touch with the dating game? Regardless of your plight, we're here to help. Put your hands together for the crew of the Nerds in Love podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nerds in Love podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How's the weather in your neck? Of the it is hot. With mm-hmm. a partial forecast of hot, it is 87, and I think it's about 78% humidity. Okay. It's I'm guessing it's nicer where you're at. It's nice, yeah. It's uh, it was really cloudy this morning, and then 
much like uh, any Vancouver weather, it uh, flipped on a dime and now it's pretty sunny. So uh, it's kind of one of those things like sometimes you really just can't tell what the weather's going to decide to do that day. So, but uh, yeah, so uh, as a friendly reminder, this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment. Um, I think there's even like one email here where I'm like, I was thinking like this person probably needs actual mental health treatment, but Hey, you know what? We'll, we'll, we do our best. I think I actually made notes that I would agree with you on that. And I don't even know if we're talking about the same email, but I'm pretty sure we are. So, yeah. Cool. Um, let's answer some emails here. Remember you can always email us mailbag at three or you can contact us through Steph's website, stephaniesarkas.com. Uh, let's answer, answer Fernando's email. Fernando says, nerds, I was talking to this girl on OkCupid and we agreed to go on a date. We meet and she's six months pregnant. She doesn't know who the father is. I'm not sure if I should see her again. She's otherwise nice. What should I do? Fernando, Fernando, you should run for the hills. This is, ugh. I mean, not only is she hiding the fact from you that you, she was six months pregnant, but she doesn't know who the father is. That seems very reckless and irresponsible to me um those are a bunch of red flags i mean maybe she's nice but she also seems to have quite a bit of issues um i would yeah probably avoid her in the future but that's just me what do you think steph so i I have a little bit of a different take Um, sometimes this stuff happens and um i guess if it's okay with you fernando then why not why not go out with her yeah if it's a concern to you that she didn't bring it up um and that bothers you then yeah maybe not go through with this uh but yeah sometimes people get pregnant and they don't know who the father is that's just kind of what happens in life sometimes so Mm um yeah i would i would say you know she seems nice and she's um again and you're okay with her not bringing that up on her okay cupid profile then um maybe go on another date you've only been on one date with her right so maybe go on another date and see um so i don't know it sometimes people this happens to people so i guess my concern is more that she didn't mention it ahead of time but i'm also not sure how you would put that on okay cupid like hey by the way um i guess that is what you do on okay cupid but um i don't know you seem to like her and so i don't know um what should you do? I mean, for all you know, she could have had a sperm donor. I mean, I I don't know. Um, so what should you do if you like her and you think there's a future in it? Go out with her again. If you think this is something that that um, you don't feel comfortable with, then don't go out with her again. This is already going to be an interesting week because it's only one email in and we already disagree. So this is going to be really <laughs> this is going to be a real. But this means it's going to be an awesome recording. Oh, for sure. It's going to be great. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it just depends on comfort level, too. Like, there's mm-hmm. some things that other people are comfortable with. Like, if I was in that scenario, I would not be comfortable at all, personally. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, yeah, I, I pull a little bit from my personal feelings and experience. But, um, sure, yeah, I mean, if you're comfortable with it, I think, yeah, you know, it, who knows? Maybe, you know, you could be really, uh, you know, maybe that's the kind of partnership she's looking for. Who knows? But, uh all the best, Fernando. Uh, do you want to read George's email? Sure. Sure. says, I've been trying to schedule a date with this girl, and she consistently tells me that she's busy. It's been a week now, and it's pretty infuriating. How do you handle someone like this? I could move on, but that part of me thinks, what if I'm just being impatient? George, um, she's been consistent. Let it go. 
Um, I'm not sure how many times consistent is. I think it differs by the person, but usually the other person, if, if they tell you they're too busy, they'll offer up an alternative time and date if they're interested. Uh, but clearly it's just not on her schedule. Uh, so if someone wants to go out with you the, and they're interested in you, they will move mountains to try and figure out a time. And mm -hmm. she just doesn't seem like she's done that. So I would let it go at this point. What do you think? Uh, this falls into the Brad Pitt rule. Um, and if you're not familiar with the Brad Pitt rule, that that is, it, it's sort of a idea that would this person uh, be as unavailable if Brad Pitt was the one that they were going on a date with? <laughs> would they? Would they move? I've never the, heard of that. It's it's a thing. So you know, the idea is: Do you think about it? Would this person move their schedule around and make time if it was Brad Pitt? And the answer is most of the time, yeah, of course. See, I probably wouldn't because, I mean, Brad Pitt's a good actor, but he's not my type. So also, I would say no. So I'm probably the corollary to the Brad Pitt rule. I think it's it's more <laughs> not Brad Pitt specifically, but more like, you know, successful. If it was somebody else handsome, at any time. Like, you know, gentlemen and maybe yeah, Brad Pitt's not your type. Insert whoever you find attractive as a celebrity in there. But uh, yeah. This person sounds to me like, you know, if if it's true that she was busy and doesn't have time to meet, then she would say, this is what my schedule is like. Does this work for you mm -hmm. or offer some sort of, sort of alternative time to meet up? Right. Uh, the fact that she's not says that, yeah, she's probably either just not interested or she just couldn't care less. Like, eh, there's a... Yeah, it just doesn't sound like she's overly invested in wanting to spend time with you. And frankly, I wouldn't waste your time with someone like that anyways. So I mean, is it possible she's disorganized? But then at the same time, I would think, well, still, if you really want to go out with someone, you figure out a way. Well, and disorganized is one thing. But, you know, you're saying, you know, you can't just take the time to just look at your schedule and say, well, Saturday's free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do something on Saturday, right? Like... Mm -hmm. That to me, it's more so the fact that like she keeps stringing George along without mentioning any sort of alternative to meet up. And that's kind of like always a telltale sign. Like if somebody's mm. saying, if somebody says I'm unavailable or something like that without offering like some sort of alternative, like the healthy sort of way to go about this would say, hey, I'm unavailable, say on Wednesday as an example, but I'm available on Saturday. Maybe we can do something then, you know, like offering up some sort of alternative that uh, works within your schedule or at the very least making it apparent that you're willing to start a dialogue. And mm -hmm. this person doesn't seem very open to a dialogue. They seem to be more telling you what they can't do, but not really willing to tell you what they can do. And it's just, yeah, I wouldn't focus too much on it. So I would, I would move along and you know, who knows sometimes you move on and they go, Oh, well actually I'm, I'm not busy now. Let's hang out. But yeah, that's up to you. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be waiting by the phone for this person. And I would say if you're the person that someone's asking out and you just aren't attracted to them or you just don't want to pursue it, just kind of do the right thing and just say, Hey, I just don't think it's going to work out. You don't have to explain why you can just say it's not going to work out. Yeah. Um, and that's enough. But I think you kind of owe it to that person. Um, and otherwise, it, it can look like you're stringing them along. And I think everybody kind of deserves to have a solid answer. Um, now, I would say, George, if you've been consistent in that, 
you've messaged her every day, then that might be a little much. And it may be that she's just kind of um, turning you down without saying it. But I mean, I would say consistently what within a week, if you're messaging her like maybe one or two, two times, then I would say, yeah, let it go. But if you're doing it every day, you probably want to decrease that. And I mean, I have no idea from your email, but I'd also kind of look at um, consistently, how much are you contacting her too? I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that might be part of the issue or no? Um, I mean, probably not. I mean, I don't okay. know. Even if somebody like, is messaging too much you can always still be like hey i'm a little busy you know i'll text you later or something mm -hmm. like that right i guess you can block the person right yeah so. that's true too the fact yeah so person... just let it go yeah hmm? yeah though this whole thing is just odd i i think it's time for uh george to move on there yeah you deserve somebody that is respectful of your time yeah you so. need your own brad pitt so Oh, I there's your episode title right there. I already have the episode title up already. I was already typing it out. The Brad Pitt rule. <laughs> Which stuff is the exception to the Brad Pitt rule. And now I'm talking about myself in third person. So we should probably move on along. <laughs> All right. Uh, next email is from Brienne. Brienne says, Nerds, I started dating a guy who I thought was a really cool and fun guy. However, after a few weeks, I've discovered that he drinks to calm his anxiety. If he drinks, he's fun to be around, but when he's not, he's insufferably boring and hard to talk to. Is this terrible for me wanting to break uh, up with him over? Uh, this is the email where I mentioned that this is the person that I believe should probably go get some actual mental health treatment. Uh, not oh, you. you're saying Brienne needs or the not, person? The Not Brienne, but the, the partner, because, I mean, ah, okay. he's self-medicating anxiety with alcohol that's not healthy. Uh, also, there's no way that's going to be consistent over time. Uh, like you say, Brienne, like, there's no way that, that this guy can just keep drinking his entire life to keep up a persona that you're attracted to. That's just not feasible at all, nor is it healthy. There's so many things wrong with that. Um, yeah, I mean. So, and we differ a little bit on this, too. So, yeah. Um, okay. I mean, drinking to, to cure social anxiety, there's a reason why alcohol is called a social, a social lubricant. It's because it's very common for people with social anxiety to drink to feel more comfortable and that can tip over into alcohol dependence. So um, there's a couple things I'm looking at. First, yeah, it sounds like he probably needs to talk to someone about that. Um, social anxiety can be a really crippling thing to have to deal with. Uh, and also, yeah, this is probably his fear is that he's probably afraid that he might, he might appear to be boring and hard to talk to. Um, and on your side, Brienne, so there's, there's two pieces of this equation. One is his drinking which it sounds like, yeah, if he's having a drinking issue, yeah, you might not want to get into that. Uh, but Brian also sounds like um, that you might be a little bit harsh. And I say that in a kind way um, that when he's not drinking, he's insufferably boring. And I feel like when someone says that someone's boring, it may be that maybe you need to ask him some questions about himself and kind of draw stuff out of him. But if he just doesn't seem like he wants to talk, that's something else. But I mean, it, you just start dating him and I don't know how many dates in, but it might be something that, um, that I don't know if you feel comfortable addressing this with him. I mean, I, obviously don't tell him that you think he's boring, but could it be that maybe spend some time getting to know him? Um, because you've been around him now and he's not drinking and 
And it maybe this is his fears that you're going to feel that way. And that's why he drinks. So um, I don't know. I mean, if you feel comfortable enough, talk to him about it. It sounds like someone needs to tell him that, that he's okay by himself, but it sounds like you don't think he's okay by himself. So is it terrible for you to break up with him over? I think you can break up with someone for any reason. We've talked about that before. You don't even really need to have a reason. You could just feel like things aren't working out. Is it terrible? No. Um, is it something that maybe you should address with him and say, hey, I'm a little concerned about this? Maybe. Yeah, it depends if, you know, it, it depends on how much you're invested in maybe trying to work this out a little bit. Yeah, I so. would definitely, like, breaking up with him, I, it sounds like that's probably the better move for you um, there, Brian. But I would definitely let him know why. Like, don't just leave him hanging without any sort of information as to why. Um, I wouldn't let him know why you're breaking up with him right and again you can say this in a way that's truthful without being harsh so okay. you can say hey i have a concern that you know it seems like um like when we go out like you tend to to, to drink to calm your anxiety and i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of concerned about that now i wouldn't say like hey when you when you don't drink you're boring because that's a nightmare for anyone with social anxiety to hear. And again, we don't know for sure the social anxiety, but I'm just saying, so uh, you can be honest without being brutally honest and just say that you're concerned about his drinking. Well, I think also too, like when we break up with somebody too, like you're not necessarily closing the door entirely. I mean, if you wanted to, you could maybe revisit something with this person down the road, but I think it's, fair to at least admit that like at least in its current state that relationship's not working at least for you um, right and right and and i would say too like thinking that he's boring and hard to talk to that's that's coming from you actually not from him yeah. that's your perception of him so i would be really careful to not bring that up because that's your stuff not his yeah but um definitely i i don't know i mean yeah i agree that we don't need necessarily, you know, a valid reason to break up with somebody. It's, you know, if you're just not feeling it, you're not feeling it. That's simple as that. Um, but yeah, I would let him know. Uh, so that hopefully he can uh, improve on himself there. But mm -hmm. I think it's worth like looking at what is he actually doing and what is just your interpretation on things like, saying that he's boring is your interpretation. Like maybe he's not boring. Maybe he's just a little quieter. Um, mm -hmm. But you can look at the fact that like, maybe, you know, you look at how much he drinks and that's something that's uncomfortable. Like maybe like sit down and just evaluate like, what do you, what, what is an actual fact and what is just your opinion? Like, you know, it, it's going to be tough, but yeah. A oh, fact versus speculation. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I think I think that works in many situations. What do you know is a fact, and what do you think might be happening? Those are two different things. Like you know for a fact that in you know at least from a healthy mindset, he drinks too much. That you know. Uh, is he you know you say he's boring? Well, is that an actual fact, or is that just how you feel? Right? Like when you yeah, go have you guys him, talked about it? Yeah, I mean that's that's a good question. Or, or I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Brian. Oh no! What if you find out that he tells you that he drinks because you're boring and hard to talk to? Oh no! There you go. You know that could be the. I mean, just to, just to give you what might happen. Say, hey, by the way, when you 
drink. I find you boring hard to talk to. It could be like, why drink? Because you're boring hard to talk to. So don't go there. Just say that, you know, hey, I'm a little concerned. It seems like you drank to calm your anxiety. Um, it, and since you said you discovered it, it sounds like he hasn't actually said to you that that's a thing. He hasn't disclosed that to you. So maybe, I, I, I mean, there's a, again, we don't always know all the stuff behind one email and neither, you know, would you expect us to know that? So, um, yeah, is that your assumption that he drinks to calm his anxiety? Um, maybe boring and hard to talk to. Maybe, again, his anxiety is so high that he shuts down. So, yeah, I think you guys need to have a talk. Or you could just say, you know what, I'm not that invested in this and I just want to end things. So let us know how that goes. Well, best of luck. Yep. All right. Do you want to read Chris's email? Sure. Chris says, uh, I take the bus every day to work. And while on the bus, I saw a guy refuse to give up a seat for a senior citizen. The senior asked and they argued that they had a right even though they were mid-20s. It was super awkward. Well, I also had a date planned with this guy a few days later. And lo and behold, it's the asshole from the bus. What are the chances, Chris? What are the chances? Smart. I didn't mention anything about the bus, but he was civil and otherwise really polite on the, on the date. So he tipped the waiter $20, which is more than necessary. So I conflicted here. Do I bring it up? Assume how he was on the bus was more accurate. Any advice would be appreciated. Chris automatically went to, are you sure it's the guy on the, on the bus? Um, what are the, again, what are the chances? I don't know if you're from small town, there's a better chance. Um, I picture you guys living in like New York city and you, and it's like, you know, it becomes like a romantic comedy kind of thing. Uh, I would bring it up. Otherwise you're going to hold on to it and hold it in. And it's going to come out either way. Um, you might be kind of snippy with him because you're annoyed with him about this. Maybe, I mean, I'm kind of guessing maybe it's not him, but also look at it from the perspective too, that sometimes the people are assholes. They look really good on a first date. So I would just bring it up. Yeah. And say, hey, by the way, I, you know, I saw this dude that was being really rude to this older person. And I, was that you? Because you seem really nice on the first date. Maybe this, maybe your date and this guy, the, the older guy, had some kind of beef with each other. And they do this just as a thing every time on the bus. I don't know. But I would, I would just ask him if that was him. If he says no then you know kind of go with your gut on that if he's lying or he's telling the truth but but yeah just know that people that are assholes can look really good on their first date i write about that in gaslighting that if someone's a narcissist and we don't i'm not calling you or this guy a narcissist at all because i don't know who you are but narcissists will look really good on a first date and they will go above and beyond to look good and once you're kind of in their clutches they start bringing out the narcissistic stuff so um, it's possible that someone can be a jerk and then be really nice on a date. So it could be that this guy is not the guy. So I would just ask him. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh, well, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. Uh, first off is that, uh, with a lot of transit systems, uh, they call it priority seating, meaning that it's not required that somebody, you know, who's a senior or something sits there, but it's more like, hey if you're you're there you know and you're see somebody who's more you know older than you or maybe with more of a disability than you that you surrender to the seat but it's not a requirement it is more just it's like, like don't be an asshole it's is an that kind of like it's an etiquette thing yeah. yep. and i mean you know this person not wanting to give up the seat i mean 
the, were they doing anything illegal or you know whatnot no it's you know just an etiquette thing um i mean it's wrong in the sense that like yeah you look at that and you go well you uh you know you're if you're in your mid-20s you don't you know you don't need that seat you can stand or who knows maybe he didn't maybe he sprained his ankle maybe he had a reason to sit in that seat mm-hmm. um I don't know. I would like to believe that it's probably the same person. I mean, I think we're all pretty self-aware of being able to recognize people. I doubt that it's not the same person. I mean, I'm kind of hoping it's not. And I know, yeah, if it's that awkward, you probably remember exactly what the person looks like. But I would still, I still want to think it's not him. I. But yeah, I mean, he could have, he could have a disability, and you don't know. Yeah, like that's part of it too, and like that's one thing to keep in mind is that these kind of like a lot of tra- uh, transit around North America is all the same in that regard where, you know, it is sort of like, Hey, you know, give it up. But yeah, maybe somebody uh, needs to sit uh, because maybe they have some issue with their ankle or who knows, or uh, the other possibility always is too, is that maybe, um, you know, he just, yeah, didn't you know just was a jerk and didn't want to give up the chair like there's a variety of different things but at the end of the day like did the person who was on that bus have to give up that chair probably not um and um, should should they have maybe but we don't totally know yet yeah would have been the right thing to do possibly but But you aren't going to know until you talk to him he may say hey this guy's been harassing me for a while and i'm tired of it or something we we just don't know and i don't to be I wouldn't even recommend bringing it up. But the reason being is that if he did do it, do you think he even would admit to it? You know what I mean? I don't, it could have been that he had just had a really terrible day. And I'm sure that all of us have had terrible days where uh, we just aren't ourselves. So maybe, yeah, maybe he don't have to it. I'd be kind of curious to see what he'd say. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I would necessarily go and expecting that if you ask him, Hey, did you do this? If he would actually admit to it, like, that's the thing I, I feel like he probably wouldn't even admit that he did it. Um, if even if well, and that did. tells you something, but that's also a good litmus test because if you are sh- absolutely sure that this is the guy, you are absolutely sure, and you ask him point blank, "Hey, I saw this guy that looked a lot like you. Is that you?" And he says, "No." Well, there's your value judgment right there. And I just yeah. I don't know. Like my thinking on it is, if you know that it is him, why bother like putting putting yourself in him through that? Like. Just if you, you know, if you know it's him, then either just like the thing is, I it could be that he needed to sit on that bus or maybe he was just having a bad day and he just didn't want to give it up. Uh, I don't know. I guess it for me, it all circles around to like, does it matter to you? Um, I mean, does it matter that this guy didn't give up the seat on the bus? I mean, it sounds like you you know, at the very least, you know, are open enough to seeing this person enough that you're like, well, I'll, you know, kind of look past this somewhat. So I'd say, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. It's tough in that if you want some sort of closure about it, yeah, sure, ask him about it. And if you ask him about it, be prepared that he might not give you the answer you want or might not tell you the truth, whatever. But, I mean, if you want to ask, ask. If, But, I don't know, at the same time, too, you know if you recognize him and you know it's him just 
you know, you know, like if I see that an orange is an orange, I'm not going to ask it. Is it, are you an orange? I'm just going to go, well, it's an orange, right? So I would just go with it. And Wait, did you just compare people's faces to fruit? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so what I was going to bring up is that our short-term memory can be quite unreliable. So it's possible, Chris, it's possible, probable, I don't know, possible that this is not the guy just from what I know about short-term memory storage. So um, I would, I don't know. I would just ask him. I'm curious, too, as to what the whole story is behind that. Um, so I guess I just have, I have this vicarious need to find out why he did, why he did get, refuse to go up the seat. But, um, it, but again, sometimes we think that we know that somebody's somebody and it's not them. Um, so I, I don't know. I would just, I would just ask him. I mean, that way you, you kind of know. If he says no and you're absolutely sure, then you know. Um, if he says no and you still have an idea of, ah, maybe it wasn't him, you know, at least you're given a benefit of the doubt. I don't know. I, it depends on how big your city is. If it was a small city, I would kind of understand how that's possible. But if you live in a big city, that's, that's some pretty amazing odds. Either way, you have a good story for other people. So, Yeah, I would just either just treat it like it is him and if it is him then you know what would you do next would you want to see him again still or you know like i just don't get what asking him about it really would bring you in terms of like answers like but that's just me personally like i if, if i was at least even like considerably confident that it was that person i would just make a judgment call then and there like do i want to continue seeing this person that's the thing to remember is there's always other fish in the sea so you know if this one if that is a tipping point for you then there's other people out there that you can you know go look for it's uh, not the end of the world if that one person just doesn't fit the bill so well and i want to clarify what i said about memory so short-term memory for things that have not traumatized us can be pretty unreliable and we're traumatized our memories can get pretty locked in so i just wanted to clarify that that if you've been through trauma your memory tends to be pretty solidified. I have a really good uh, podcast episode on talking brains about that, where I talk to a psychiatrist that specializes in memory. And he talks about when you're traumatized, that your memories are kind of solidified and held kind of in a vault. Um, so this is different. This is short-term memory where you saw, saw somebody in a bus and it was kind of like a one-off thing that this is somebody that, you know, had an interaction with somebody that was awkward. Um, it's possible that you, that your memory kind of plays with you a little bit, but I'm not talking about bigger things like trauma. That's a whole separate issue. So I didn't want to give the impression, you know, that so basically that I'm talking about short-term non-traumatic memory. Yeah. Yeah. Something tells me that like, I don't know, the likelihood of this person just being like a terrible person is probably low. I mean, people have off days or maybe he had a reason or who knows, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, think I guess that's the therapist to me that's like, huh, I want to know more about this. Oh, for sure. So. And yeah, I understand. I, I just, I don't know. It, in my mind, it's like, if you have a good thing going with this person and you bring it up, like, what if, what if it's not that person and they all of a sudden think, oh, you just think I'm this asshole? Like, it could backfire too. Like, that's the other thing to keep in mind too is like, it could not be that person and maybe they just think oh you just think i'm this, this asshole from the bus like i don't know it's it's a tough call to make but i would just my suggestion is just treat it like it is him and what would you do next either way and what are the chances oh i i mean 
I, that's amazing. I've been in similar situations, so I mean, it's oh, like, I mean, I know that stuff happens, but it's just like when you hear it from someone, it's like, oh man, the world is so big yet so small. Oh, I mean, yeah, like I, um, I went to a party and like a couple days before, I saw somebody at a Starbucks getting coffee and they were yelling at the barista for not getting their order right, and I saw them at a party two days later. So, like, these things happen. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, even in a big city, it it, it can happen. Oh yeah, like my my ex father in law was on a uh, on the subway in New York City, and then the next car next to him was one of his former neighbors from Egypt that he had run into in in on the subway in New York. That's really wild stuff. Yeah, you know. So I mean, you you have these encounters with people that we probably run into people all day that we know from somewhere else, and because something like. Like, you know, with with this example, you know, that you remember this guy because of this issue, you solidify that. But think of how many people you walk by every day. You probably have some type of connection to them, but it just doesn't occur to you because we see so many people during the day, especially if you're in a big city. But, yeah, stuff like that happens all the time where you see somebody from from like, you know, like years ago and all of a sudden they're you know walking by you on the street. So, yeah, it's a small world. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up is Gary. Gary says, nerds, I, 34 male, have been dating a woman 32 for 18 months. She has a 13-year-old daughter who requires braces. Originally, my girlfriend was going to be getting money from the ex-husband to pay, but he has not followed through. I was asked to help. I don't like getting involved with their business, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. However, by saying that I'm deaf, by saying that, I'm definitely going to piss her off. I'm presuming he means his girlfriend. Uh, what should I do? Uh, well, I think there's a couple things here. The first and foremost I would touch on is uh, if they're divorced, like what does their divorce agreement say? Like, is the father actually like legally obligated to pay for these things? Because uh, when they divorced, uh, if they are divorced and not just separated, then things like this are ironed out. Like who pays for what, how is that distributed? Uh, I think that feeling of not wanting to get involved with their business is probably a good mindset to have because you don't know what their divorce agreement was like. Uh, understandably as you're getting into a relationship and you're getting closer to this, uh, to your girlfriend and her daughter, the natural inclination would be to maybe help out. Um, but I would maybe check first and see what, is in the divorce agreement is he required to pay because if he's required to pay you don't want to have to be going and doing something that he should be doing that's something that you want to be going through to a lawyer about but that's just my opinion but what do you think Steph well my biggest concern is you're not saying no because you don't want her to get mad at you and that's a red flag so whenever we avoid something uh, disagreement because it makes us uncomfortable. We don't want the other person mad. Um, not that it's a win-lose thing, but you know what I mean? It's just that it, when we avoid something because we're anxious about how the other person can respond, we usually tend to stuff that down. And, and I understand that you don't want to get involved. It makes you uncomfortable and you're not financially responsible for her child. Uh, both parents are, and regardless of what the agreement says, um, maybe it's time, let's say the agreement says that he does not have to pay for her medical care. Well, then maybe it's time for your girlfriend to, to go to court or consult with an attorney. So, um, if you pay for it, 
then that's kind of the path of least resistance and she doesn't have to work stuff out with her child's father. And it may be that he's an unworkable person. It may be this is a high conflict divorce and, um, and that he's probably not going to pay. But again, is it your role to step in? No. Um, maybe there's needs to be some legal recourse that she can follow. If he's supposed to pay and he's not, then she does have legal recourse. So again, um, I think that asking you for money, you've been together for 18 months. So I could see where maybe she's in a position where she felt like she didn't have another option. Uh, but again, you are not required to do that. And also if you say no, I just, and say like, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. And she gets mad. That's her issue, not yours. So again, when we want to have a boundary and we're upset by saying that we're going to upset someone else, then we really need to reassess our boundary and, and look at, you know, is this a person that respects her boundaries? Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm wondering, Gary, too, would, did something happen when you guys talked about an issue like this before and she got upset? Uh, or is this kind of anticipatory anxiety? You're not really sure how she's going to respond. Because I think it's very, I, I think it's well within your rights to say no to this. Um, and again, I wouldn't get into, Hey, are you going to, you know, talk to your ex or whatever about it? Cause that's, that's not your business either. Um, but I think when we, again, when we get into a position where we really don't want to say how we feel because we're upset about the other person getting upset, we really need to look at how that provokes our own anxiety. And when we look at our own anxiety, cause there's a really good book that's coming out in October called, uh, why are we yelling? And it looks at, we avoid disagreements about stuff because of the anxiety it causes. And we would confront that anxiety and look at what we're really anxious about. It can help us really break through having that uncomfortable discussion. So yeah, if, she, if you bring it up and she gets upset, that's her issue. That's not your issue. So again, if you feel uncomfortable with this, and again, it gets into the issue of, you know, now you're in a position where you've paid for her braces. And do you expect to get money back? Or are you going to give this as a gift or, you know, so then that gets into issues with you too. And so you've created kind of almost like a triangle between you and your girlfriend and her ex, as far as payment for the daughter. And if she goes to court, she may bring up that, Hey, my boyfriend helped pay for braces. And part of this is, is that he needs to get reimbursed. And now you're getting involved in a legal thing. So, you know, I can understand why you don't want to get involved with their business and makes you uncomfortable. So I would probably, I would also probably say no. Um, and again, this is between your girlfriend and her ex. Mm. Cool. All right. Um, all right. Uh, May I read Aaron? Yeah. Where's that? Best. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So nerds, I 28 male. I've been with my girlfriend 25 for about two years. When we first started dating, she was working at a gas station. Now, two years later, she still is and has no intention of moving to a different job. She says it's right for her skill set. In that time, I've gotten a job working for an ad agency and make good money. However, I've done the math and her job is holding us back from owning a home and other nice things. Is it too intrusive to ask her for a new job? Aaron. Aaron, I, I think that you can express your concerns and it sounds like you have and she's answered for you, to you that she feels comfortable at her job and it's right for her skill set. Uh, whether she's concerned about not succeeding another job really is not the issue. Uh, that really has nothing to do with the underlying question, which is, isn't it too intrusive to ask her to get a new job? I think it's not intrusive to say that you're concerned. Intrusive to ask her to get a new job? Yeah, maybe. 
I think so. Um, you've expressed your concerns and she has stated to you clearly that she uh, does not want to get another job. So I think at this point, it's time for you to look at what changes you can make to suit your needs. Mm. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a lot of crock to me, what she's saying, because I mean, if you like a gas station kind of job, like that's lowly, lowly entry level work. Like in most places you make minimum wage working a place like that. Uh, and I'm assuming that that's probably the case if it's saying that it's financially holding you back. Um, and even if, even if like she, you know, wanted to just maybe stay in more of like a sales role, like why didn't she become a manager or why doesn't she, uh, go work at like a company where she can do something like account management, like account management is basically the same as customer service sales. It's just, you're doing it for bigger organizations. Like it seems to me like there's a lot of routes that she could take. And the fact that she's not wanting to take any route and just wanting to stick with the one that, you know, she's comfortable with either to me says she's either lazy or she's just content with you doing the work for her or at least the heavy lifting in terms of the financial situation, which, you know, if that's a something that's going to be an issue for you that you might want to reevaluate whether you want to be in the relationship. But I don't know. I, I think, you know, it's fine to understand that some people may be in a job because the, their situation just demands it. But if the situation doesn't demand it and she can go out and go get a better job, then there's so many jobs out there. And the fact that she's not willing to go out and go get a better job says to me that she just doesn't care. And she's being inconsiderate towards you and to the relationship. So I so I'm not going to touch whether a job's honorable or not, because my feeling is as long as you enjoy what you do and you work hard at it, it's honorable. So we won't get into that because because that actually has nothing to do with the question, which no, is and I'm know, not she. Well, I, you know, I get what you're saying, but but I, I would say that... I'm not that, trying to say it's dishonorable right, to work right, with right, like no, that, I, but I'm just saying that, like, it's more so an issue of, you know, if you can go get a better job and, you know, better yourself and better, you know, uh, your career and your, your, your life in general, then why wouldn't you, right? Like, it just seems very... Like you're doing more work to not make progress in your life when you could. Well, be. there could be various just from doing career counseling. There could be various reasons for that. One is uh, a fear that you're not going to do very well in another job. It could be that you have a, a personal tie with the people that that work there. It could be that if there's it's a family run business. Um, it, there could be various reasons, but I think the bottom line is that Aaron has brought this up with her. And she has said very clearly that she has no intentions of moving a different job. So she said no to him, but he's going to ask her to get a new job, even though she's clearly said that she has no intention of moving to a different job. So it sounds like, Aaron, that you've already asked her in a way to get a new job, and she's told you no. So at that point, you know, you can try again um, to say, and again, without asking her to get a new job, because that's kind of a question that might put her on the defensive, is to say, hey, you know, I know we talked about you getting another job. And I think that, you know, if you did get another job and maybe paid more then we could afford to do these things. And maybe that, maybe she's just not into a place where she wants to do those things with you. It's possible. Um, it could be, that's just not a priority for her. Um, she may be happy where she's at. So uh, in that case, again, you have to look at, at, you know, how you feel about this and what, what you can, 
I guess not tolerate. Sorry, it's, it's thundering and the dog's barking now. <laughs> so, oh. so we recorded this when thunder's happening each time. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things that you've been fairly clear, it sounds like. And she said no. So to ask her to get a new job when she's already told you she's happy where she's at, um, I feel like that could backfire on you. Um, and this is something actually where I would recommend possibly going to couples counseling. You guys have very different views about where you want to go in the future, it sounds like. Um, you're not on the same path in the future. Uh, so it's something that I think it would be worth it. You guys have been together two years, so that's that's you know, long term. So you might want to talk with somebody about your concerns about finances and where she's at. And maybe you guys can get into what her concerns are about leaving and going to a different job. Tough one, but yep. Hopefully, you find your answer there. But there are solutions, so yeah, there are. It's uh, yeah, interesting email for sure. All right, I think that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody. Uh, for yeah, and always let us know how things went. Yeah, if you can, because we like getting that feedback. Yeah, you know, it's uh, not always the easiest to reply but if you can always appreciate it um yeah you can always email us or uh, follow up at mailbag at com. you can always find uh steph's stuff over at stephaniesarkis.com find more of me over at threeangrynerds.com uh i'm also on twitter film critic kurt if you want to follow my stuff on there and give um, us a rating too yep if you can we like five stars I think right now just, we're at like 4.6, something like that. Why, yeah. So it's good enough. I'll take it. All right. Uh, until next time, everyone. Bye for now. Bye.